This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Oh my god. I had all these, like thought starters written down for like our our uh, our conversation today now i'm just like uh, code brown takes over everything <laughs> code brown yes archie had explosive diarrhea all over the living room it's fine i'm fine um, did he get into something did he eat I something or is it just like a um i think my dad gave him like some cheese and some snacks and <gasps> oh, i shouldn't have called him and made him come clean it up i'm just kidding uh but no <laughs> it was uh he's such a good puppy that like it's fine like this never happens he's getting yeah. trained so well i'm more just like oh are you okay buddy but everything yeah. the last time i was late to recording with you i literally forgot that we were recording i like forgot that we had a guest so this is so <laughs> unlike me but here we are it's all good we're good, honey. <laughs> First day back at work and I'm just like a fucking disaster. <laughs> Wait, so did you have to work at your new job today? Yes, today was the first day of class. Um, we had lecture today, three hour lecture that I'm co-lecturing. Um, and luckily I didn't have to do too much today because the head instructor kind of just wants me to observe the first few weeks and see her style of lecturing. And then okay. in like week four and five. I'm going to take over. I'm going to be lecturing for like 30 hours. So like, what are you going to be lecturing on? Like, what's going to be your your thing? You know, it's so funny, Dee, because during class today, she kept on like referring to me as Dr. Camardo, Dr. Camardo sitting over there. Dr. Camardo, what do you think? And every time I was like, who is she? Like, who? And I was like, oh, fuck, that's me. I was Dr. Camardo. I was like, oh, me. Okay. Um, Yeah, I guess I need to say things. What are you going to go by, Dr. Camardo or Professor Jack? I like Dr. C, to be honest. I think Dr. C. Oh, that's C. cute. Do you like Dr. C? I like you. Dr. C. And then my clinical group usually just calls me Jackie. Like my closer clinical group, they just call me yeah. Jackie. But in the bigger lecture, it's just Dr. C. Okay, so I'm teaching two classes. Okay. We'll give like a quick little like career update. Um, Now that I'm back in healthcare, it's like, Hey guys, I've been gone for like six months. Nice to join you back in the healthcare world. So <laughs> I am full-time faculty at UIC, University of Illinois at Chicago. It's a super competitive nursing program. So the students are brilliant and lovely. I taught all throughout my 
FNP program. So this isn't like super, super new to me because I have been involved in like academia and, and teaching for the last like three or four years or so. But I am lecturing, the class is called Adult Healthcare Throughout the Lifespan. And oh, cool. so the students have already taken patho and farm and genetics and all Thank of the that. I know. So this is the class where it's kind of putting everything together. It's like mm-hmm. we learn the patho, we learn the farm. Now, how does this look in a clinical setting? So a lot of the exam questions are case studies. Um, and like, so like today, for example, we are doing fluid electrolyte imbalances. Next week, we're doing acid bases. So instead of like, trying to understand and learn what those things are. It's like, what would a patient that's dehydrated look like? And how would we treat it? Like, what are the fluids that we would be running? So it's definitely a higher level class. This is one of their hardest classes for sure. It's kind of like one of those weed out classes. So Mm -hmm. the students are usually really, really stressed. Um, It's definitely, yeah, I guess it's really one of those tougher, those tougher classes. It's definitely the hardest one that they have this semester. So it's good and bad. I mean, they're definitely motivated and they're like scared a little bit, which is kind of fun from my end. It's like, you're going to be okay. Like deep breaths. Well, you need some healthy fear in school, especially and throughout your nursing career, to be honest. Yeah, like, I agree. Yeah. And so then yeah. this class, I lecture once a week and then this is the lecture that coincides with both their inpatient clinical. So they're in-person clinical. Um, those dreaded clinicals, those long 12 hour days of the hospital where you learn your hands on. So I teach that once a week. And then it also has a lab portion. So then on Fridays, we do lab from nine to noon. And that's all of the skills. So just continuing to build on all the basic skills, they've already done all the basic stuff like Mm -hmm. vitals and fluids and things. So these are a little bit more advanced skills. We're going to get into NG tubes and chest tubes and trait care, all that stuff. So Um, so that's the main class that I'm teaching. And then I'm also teaching health assessment, um, which is a lab. So health Mm -hmm. advanced health assessment. I have a group in the morning and then a group in the afternoon. So like, thank your advanced head to toe. Yeah. Busy gal now. Look at me. Are you loving it? Are you so excited? Oh my God, Dee. I love it. I was on campus today and I ran into some of my old students and they were like, oh my God, Jackie, we've been following you on Instagram. Like, how were your travels? How's the podcast? How is everything? They're like, the juniors told us that you're lecturing med surge and advanced in like advanced adult healthcare. Like, is that true? I'm like, damn, who told you guys that? Like work travels fast around here. Like, oh my God. Start spreading rumors about me. Are you <laughs> low-key no. worried they're going to listen to the pod and hear me be like, <laughs> Jack's had all the Italian lovers. <laughs> I actually had thought did cross my brain today. I was like, oh, but I'm going to embarrass you with your students. (laughs) My 20 year old (laughs) students are going to hear all about my sex life and my eggs and my (laughs) eggs. Speaking of today's topic, they're going to hear all about my eggs. (laughs) Do you think we need to filter ourselves? Um, or do you think we'll be okay we'll be okay my faculty like the other faculty at UIC they have always been so supportive of my endeavors in the business and with the podcast and with social media like they are so supportive of me using social media as a platform to kind of educate and um, share information about nursing and and talk to nursing students they are always so supportive sorry Archie's being a little monster right now hopefully it doesn't code brown everywhere again but 
no, they've always been so supportive. So until further <laughs> notice, I think we're okay. Archie's literally trying to take your clothes off right now. And Ray is sitting <laughs> underneath my feet, like being like very he literally attention is. right now too. Well, let me grab his bone to try okay. to distract him. It's right here. Okay. All right, crazy boy. How are you doing, Dee? Do we have any career updates from your end? Well, I'm heading up in a couple hours to go see Michael and do my final job interviews, job shadows, see the offers, look at apartments. Like, this is going to be a big week. My um, huge week. My friend, huge week. My friend who helps me like run my social media and like work out like influencer deals was like, Have you done this? Have you done this? Have you reached out to these like moving companies and like stuff like this? And I was like, I didn't have a date yet. And she's like, We'll lock down the date later. We need to figure out the deal. (laughs) 100%. Get on that, D. Yeah. So much coming up. You're going to need. You're going to need all the support and help that you can get. <laughs> no, we are about to embark, Jack, seriously, on a very crazy next couple months. Very, very crazy. You've got a new job. I'm moving and starting a new job. And then Jack and I can officially say we are freezing our eggs this well in the next couple months, along with all of our moves and new career changes and all the things. So, you know, doing the typical nurse thing, taking on way too much at once, maybe. (laughs) That's how we do it here. We're all or nothing, honestly. We really are. We're all in or we're not in. But no, I'm I'm so excited that we have made the commitment to doing this. We're hoping that we can kind of move the needle and normalize the conversation around fertility. I know it's not something that people really talk about. So we're excited to do this together and share Mm -hmm. it, hopefully educating our community here on what the hell this process is like and the different options that you have. Yeah. And different companies, we're going to be working with Co-Fertility, which is an amazing company that old WOMED fam Zochi recommended to us. And um, we're just so excited to work with them and can't wait to tell you more about that partnership. But first, Jack and I thought we'd kind of just get into how we're initially feeling about the process. Absolutely. I think that we're still kind of coming to terms with the fact that we're doing this and that we're going to be doing it together and that we're going to be doing it soon. So let's just kind of jump in. So this is going to be a entire series where we are going to be sharing not just our personal experiences, but having mm-hmm. on different guests um, in the field of fertility and specifically in the field of egg freezing to walk us through this process. Because I'm not going to lie to you, even as a healthcare worker, I had no idea what this process really looked like. Um, I didn't either. Did you? No, <laughs> I had to go really into didn't. a very deep YouTube vortex before um, meeting any of our doctors because I'm like, wait, why do I know nothing about this? Um, I thought there were months of injections and apparently there's not. There's only 10 to 12 days of injections. But I'm hoping that as healthcare workers that we can also provide some more of that science, physiology, farm background to what is happening in our bodies as we are experiencing it. Yes. And I'm so glad you brought that up because, I mean, there's been, we, Jack and I are big fans of Armchair Expert and Monica did a whole series on 
um, like their process. Yeah, and big like, shout out to Monica Padman and Liz Plank because they yeah. really, I think, laid some great foundation for us to kind of follow along like a similar model of how they did it. But also build with as healthcare providers ourselves and like how, what it's like being kind of on this side of the bedside for us. Totally. And so for this episode and for this entire series, of course, like I said, we'll be sharing our personal experience as self-identified women. However, we do want to acknowledge that not all who identify as women have egg cells and undergo egg freezing and have questions about fertility. So I'm really excited that we can jump in to these topics with co-fertility with the experts over there and making it more accessible for different gender identities and the LGBTQ plus population. So stay tuned for all of that. Danny, what are some of your personal reasons for wanting to freeze? How did we get here, basically? So I feel like this is a conversation I've had a couple times on the WOMED. But for me, it kind of stemmed around knowing my mom's history and knowing that she uh, went through early menopause at 37. I'm 37. No other women in my family have gone through menopause that early. So I initially did some testing just to kind of see where I was. And there was nothing that really indicated that I should have any problem conceiving. But I just was like, well, you just don't know, right? And, you know, up until like the last, I don't even know, like seven, almost eight months now, I was single. and. Now, I feel like the conversation has shifted for me even more now that I'm in a relationship, in a serious, committed relationship, that like, I'm not ready to have a child like right this second. Like, I don't know what that looks like. I'm trying to be very conscious of my new relationship, his son, what's what this could even potentially look like for us. But all I know is like right now, I'm not ready to have a kid. Like... I want to have fun with my boyfriend. I want to, you know, hopefully do all of the things that we're on track to do as far as like engagement, like be with each other forever because we have no plans on leaving each other. I'm speaking for Michael here, but, you know, he can interject never because he's not on the pod today. (laughs) But, you know, I'm thinking about my own timeline here. And theoretically, it with like anybody that I would have started to date, you know, maybe get engaged like a year and a half, maybe like married in like a year. And then, you know, I don't know, but like, I would, I would still want, like, even after I get married to like have some time just with my husband, you know? So I'm just, I feel like I'm in this like weird gray area where I don't know if I could get thrown into early menopause, but I don't know what I actually want. And how it could conceivably look for me. And if we're going to get like super personal, it's been wild starting to feel this sense of motherhood and like opening myself up to that, you know, with um, with James and figuring out that role with Michael. So it's like there's just so much going on and I just want to take some pressure off. So if I know I have some eggs frozen, keep them on ice. Eggs in the bank. Eggs in the bank. That's what I want. Eggs in the bank. 
But yeah, that's kind of, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's where, that's where I'm at mentally, emotionally, why I want to do this. Because you just, you don't know what life's going to throw at you. You don't know what your body's going to do. And this is a way for women to really take control of their reproductive freedom, in my opinion, or people with eggs who identify as women or don't identify as women. What about you, Jack? Well, I mean, I think it's so important that you highlighted that you are in a really stable relationship right now. And it's funny because I'm in the complete opposite. I'm as single as you could possibly be, but we both have like similar reasons for wanting to freeze our eggs. And I think there are similar reasons for a lot of people that go down this path. But like, let's be real, women who want to have children with a partner have less time to find a suitable partner. We don't have the luxury to wait until we're ready, whether that's emotionally or or financially ready to have children or whether it aligns with where we're at in our career, um, finding the right person or traveling. Um, and this is especially true for women in healthcare who are waiting longer to start a family. And mm-hmm. that's where I'm at. It's a little bit of all of those reasons, but it's really just, I think, me wanting a sense of control um, or at least of what I can control over my fertility and my future. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm as single as you could possibly be. I'm 32, but I don't want the pressure on me to just jump right in and find someone. Um, as we've talked about in the podcast, I just got out of a you know really long relationship and a marriage. And there's a lot of other emotions kind of like tied up in all of this for me, as I'm sure there are with everyone that goes through this, but I just don't want that pressure of having to find someone right now. And even if I did find someone similar to you, I don't want that pressure of having to, you know, get engaged, get married, you know, do all these things. Life throws so many curveballs at you. You don't know what your life is going to look like, what your health is going to look like. And I'm just hoping after this, that I'll have a little bit more of a peace of mind and options and time. So you touched on something else there that I feel like is so important, especially as um, a single woman. I feel like, and maybe this is me just on my soapbox, I feel like women in their 30s, we have that pressure to get engaged, find someone who might be good enough, might not be the love of your life just because you want to have kids, want to have a family. And I feel like doing this and taking that control over like your reproductive freedom really gives you more romantic freedom as well. Like, Mm. at least hopefully we've waited this long, right? I don't want my biological clock to dictate who I decide I want to be with that I might settle for because they're good enough. And, you know, I don't know, like, is that kind of, does that resonate with you at all? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, right now, I don't know about you. I'm feeling all of the different emotions right now. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling empowered, but I'm also feeling angry and conflicted. And I think I'm feeling a little bit of, again, with this sense of control, I'm feeling this like a little angry because I'm still working through like a sense of, I thought I had it all figured out. I Mm -hmm. thought I had found the partner that I wanted to do this with. And while, you know, life happens. And even though I'm so happy with where I am now, I think I'm still angry over this loss of perceived control. And 
to be honest, mm-hmm. now I'm not even 100% sure that I want kids um, or yeah. that I want kids without a partner. You know, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. if I met the right person, I would want to try for biological children because that's something that I wanted the last few years. Maybe I would adopt. But again, I don't know if I'm ready to say that I want to be a mom without a partner. And mm-hmm. so freezing the eggs, I think, is again, just that that option for more time to figure that out. Yes. And, but I will say, yes, like that anger is still, is there a little bit, but I think that almost stems from like anger that like women have to even do this in the first place, that right. we have to be put on these timelines, that we have to do this thing where we're like, okay, well, I'm, I'm 30, 30 so years old. And then plus this many years to find someone, plus this many years to be married, plus this many years. To, you know, it sucks mm-hmm. that we, I think there's like an anger that we have to do that. But in a yeah. larger sense, I absolutely feel so empowered and liberated. Like, fuck yes. I am an educated woman. I am taking control of my reproductive autonomy. What is more feminist than that? But there's also this voice questioning, does egg freezing reinforce the patriarchy and gender ideologies that associate fertility with womanhood and the ability to produce biological children with a woman's words? Egg freezing is a is such a privilege. It's such a privilege. So it's like hard to even complain or or bring up these these like negatives about it. But I have been wondering like is egg freezing this like individual bandaid that is really just aggravating class, racial, gender inequalities instead of a real solution for equal pay, maternity, paternity leave, affordable childcare, comprehensive health insurance that should cover this for everyone. I mean, I think that there's room for both. Egg freezing can be a liberating choice while also challenging those patriarchal structures in the home and in the workplace and fighting for overall restructuring of societal norms and gender roles, right? So I guess with this series, I'm excited to dig a little bit deeper into the ethics around egg freezing and Mm -hmm. its place in intersectional feminism. I'm curious, do you feel that at all? Or do you feel like anger, do you feel any sort of stigma even just talking about this or starting this? A little bit of both. Um, I didn't really realize, I don't think I could have named it as anger, but it's something that I just, like the more I think about it, more I talk about it, it is a major frustration that we as women or people that have eggs, like we have to think about this. Like it's on us. Yeah. And like there's just so much that is placed on us. And I I hear you when you say that with like a woman's worth. I don't know. I'm excited to dig into that further, especially with um, the company that we're working with trying to make this so much more accessible to people of all economic status that I'm I'm like very I'm very excited to get into these conversations, especially the ethics around around egg freezing. I think I'm yeah I'm like blown. I'm just like oh my god, this is why I love you so much, Jack. Because your brain just like where I feel like I I'm like don't have the words to express what I'm feeling. Like you always come through with it. Thank you for saying that. That's so sweet. But you're right. Like we are doing this process with a company that we both feel really aligned with. And I think that mm-hmm. that's, that's why it works. I mean, there's so many problematic assumptions, I think, with this topic, like, one, like I said, that 
women's worth is tied up with their biological ability to produce children. Um, Mm -hmm. When you start to get into your thirties, like there is that stigma of like, oh, well, why haven't you had kids? Are you not trying? Like what's wrong with you? Have you not Mm -hmm. found the right person? What's wrong with you? But then there's those assumptions that parenting is most fulfilling through this heteronormative lens Mm-hmm. If you are, and if you are genetically related to your child. And so I'm so excited that the company that we're working with again, Co-Fertility is not only making egg freezing more accessible for all people, but is challenging those really outdated standards. Yes. I mean, it even brings up the question of, I was just talking to my sister about this, you know, egg freezing, again, is such a privilege. It's such a luxury. It's fucking expensive, you guys. It is so expensive. expensive. So it is such a privilege. So then we start to see, you know, we started to see some of the first companies that were offering egg freezing was, you know, Google and Apple. And it was like this huge deal. Amazing that they're offering these things to women. But then on the other hand, are they doing it just so they can keep their productivity up and have the most... Exactly. Right. You can argue. You could argue. Um, Why don't you invest in maternal and paternal leave, invest in people getting pregnant on the Mm -hmm. timelines that they want instead of, you know, I'm not saying that it's just. But one could argue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But one could argue this allows for people to, you know, go at their their own timeline. too. Right. Exactly. So So it's like there's so many different angles that you can look at this at. But anyway. I want to shift gears a little bit okay. because this is something that we are doing <laughs> very soon. soon. Soon, so we're starting to prep, get our to... bodies ready. You guys, we have a lot of questions, so this is. Let's just note that this is episode number uno, where Danielle and I still don't know the answer to a lot of these questions. So, D, what are some of the? Let's fill our listeners in on some of the conversations that we've had already and some of these questions that we have well some of the ones like again jack has done like a major deep dive and i feel like that girl in school that's like woefully unprepared and is like help me quick before the exam so (laughs) okay but i'm going to interject here because that is not this is like something that i've already been struggling with with this process is that i am such a perfectionist I said the moment we made this decision, I like I said, I went down a freaking YouTube vortex to become a fertility freaking expert. And I can already <laughs> feel myself spiraling into this. Well, I want to have 20 eggs and I want these to be the best eggs, the smartest yeah. eggs, the oh hottest eggs, the least stressed and healthy eggs as possible. So I'm going to do all of these things to get the best freaking eggs. And it's like, bitch, what are you doing? Like, there are no guarantees here. No guarantees. And that's just going to stress you out. I'm glad that you have me to balance out because I am such a perfectionist that this is like, this, this could, I'm going to have to talk to my therapist a lot throughout this process. Yeah. Same. I've got another, I was talking to my therapist last Wednesday and we didn't even get to have the shit I wanted to talk about. I was like, I'm going to need you next week too. Like, I just need my therapist on call for the next four months. Thank you. Yeah. But like things like trying not to focus on the numbers. A lot of people have to do multiple cycles to even get Mm -hmm. like 12 or 15 eggs. And some of those eggs don't survive like the thawing process. Like there's there's so much that goes into it. So 
egg freezing is not new, but mm-hmm. it's also got so much room to grow in like the science surrounding it, how to keep the eggs like more viable, how to work on like the thawing and like the freezing process to preserve the viability of the eggs. Right. But I feel like we've been we've been bouncing around ideas like, is there a supplement company that we can reach out to for the podcast that like, you know, we can have them on that specializes in this? But we're also like, but where's the clinical data on these supplements? Exactly. Yeah. And not just supplements, but like there's so many lifestyle questions like, what are we supposed to eat? Do I have to change mm-hmm. my diet? Do I have to stop drinking? Do I have mm-hmm. to do the things that I would be trying to do for my body if I was trying to naturally conceive like I don't yeah. know and that's why we're oh thank god we're bringing experts on to I know <laughs> answer I know. these questions for us so like I guess I'm guessing the answer to this is probably somewhere in the middle like eating a balanced diet and exercising and sleeping and not drinking but isn't there something about like you can't exercise while you're doing it either like I don't know there's so many questions or is that doctor specific because I'm psycho (laughs) and I've already looked this up there's (laughs) I think that you have to take it really easy when you're doing the hormone injections like I heard something that you're not allowed to do like you're not allowed to do this certain yoga poses to like invert yourself like no downward dog (laughs) Because what, the eggs are going to go somewhere? I said, y'all, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I read that. I mean, this is why, like, there's not a lot of information. Like, I'm finding myself on these freaking Reddit chains that, like, I I know. It's bad. It's bad. And as healthcare professionals, we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to Google things. But we stay off Reddit. But we do. We We Google, but we stay off Reddit. If my time on The Bachelor has taught me anything, we stay off of Reddit. Oh my God. Okay. So we'll get back to y'all on the lifestyle changes because we're going to get an actual medical professional that specializes in this shit. Unlike me and you that are just pulling shit out of our ass. Yeah. But But also speaking of pulling shit out of our ass, I would like to interject that like, there's been people who say like, you can't drink while you're like doing this, but it's like, you're you're not going to add drunk eggs. Like we've been drinking on these eggs since (laughs) like what? 16? I know, I know, I know. The majority of people who get pregnant are probably under the influence as well. Maybe having a great night. So like, I think the general idea is that we want to take care of our bodies in a way that is going to accept the hormones, accept the injections and... Then we can't blame ourselves either for having a drink. Right, so here's like the... And that being what caused it. This is the thing, though, like, there's no guarantees, you mm-hmm. can do all of the like, quote, unquote, right things. Mm-hmm. Stop drinking, eat all of the protein that you're supposed to eat, take the right stuff, whatever, and get no eggs. And right. you could treat your body like a trash can and go out drinking and not make any changes. And maybe because you aren't stressed, you'll probably get a ton of fucking eggs. So who yeah. knows? So I'm really trying to like, I think, put my perfectionism to the side and not have a number in mind and not end up with this like false sense of optimism and hope and control. I think that's like the main thing that this comes back to is like, you can't control this. Right. 
Right. You can try to do your best, like set yourself up for success. And we're excited to kind of, you know, talk about that more and how we can do that. But Mm -hmm. on that note, something we know we do have to stop is our birth control. Yeah, this has been like the biggest, the biggest hang up with us because we're coming from two very different sides of this. Like I'm in a relationship. And I don't want to get off birth control right now because I don't want to get pregnant. And I really enjoy sex with my boyfriend. Sorry to anyone who's listening. Sorry, mom. (laughs) Sorry, mom. Sorry, Sorry, Michael's mom, family. (laughs) I don't know if you guys are being like listening or what, but um, I love your son very much. Um, Okay, thanks. (laughs) But then we have Jack who's in like her, I mean... Hope phase, like, let's go. <laughs> I'm dancing over here. You can She's say dancing. And you don't want to get pregnant right now either. And you don't want to, like, not have fun. No. But we're going to be taking all these hormones and shots that are going to produce a fuck ton of eggs. And, like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I know. I think it's so funny because literally at the start of the new year, you and I, like, it wasn't a formal promise, but we both like kind of had this understanding of like, okay, in the new year, we're going to stop our birth control because we're getting serious about this egg freezing. And like, y'all, and- we're like five days in and I'm like, Jack, I'm about to start my new pack. Like, <laughs> we can't you're like, like, get off this yet. When you're, do like, we stop? you're like, wait, actually, I'm going to Cleveland to visit Michael this weekend. Can we just like push it back another week? I'm like, yeah, I have. I've, I've been, I never stopped taking mine. <laughs> This has been like, a, this is literally was our first question. So yes. just like a little asterisk for people that don't know. And again, we will have the doctors come and confirm this. Do not take my medical advice. But for mm-hmm. the most part, you cannot be on hormonal birth control pills. You can, however, have an IUD. So just FYI for people going into this, Danielle and mm-hmm. I are both on hormonal, hormonal contraceptives. So that is why we know we know we have to stop. Yes. But we're just waiting until a doctor like formally tells us. (laughs) But do you think that extends to a hormonal IUD? Because that's. Okay. So I consulted with my twin sister who is a midwife. And she confirmed that the hormonal IUDs work locally. They work in the cervix. They do not work systemically. So you are allowed to keep your hormonal IUD in place um, because it is just working locally at the cervix. So you guys, I'm not going to lie. I freaking struggled a lot with this decision about the birth control again, Mm -hmm. because like it brought up that anger again. Like I'm mad. I'm mad again with the anger. It's bullshit that women have to worry about their timelines. It's bullshit Mm -hmm. that we have to do this, spend all this money and do this in the first place. And then it's fucking bullshit. You're telling me now at this point, now I have to like sacrifice again, something else to do with my, my body. It like fucking pissed me off. And again, I really don't want to sound whiny and complaining because this is such a privilege, but I'm not going to lie. Like we're being real here. It fucking pissed me off. So I decided Danielle that I am stopping my hormonal birth control and I am getting an IUD. And maybe it's not because I want to have a ton of sex. I mean, maybe I do want to have a ton of sex. Sorry, mom. Who doesn't? But um, again, about the control, like, I just, I want to be able to feel like I still have a sense of control 
over Mm -hmm. my body and the choices that I'm making with my body. So here's like another question because like I might end up doing that too because I've had an IUD before, but I had the copper one and like that's like the non-hormonal one. And I will like talk anyone out of that. Because I have not heard good things about the copper. I've heard great things about the Marina. And I think that's probably what I'm going to do. Hey, maybe uh, one of these series, we can have someone come talk about IUDs with us. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Because that brings up my other question. When they're doing the like actual egg retrieval, is the IUD going to get in the way? Like, is that something they have to like, so I'm, again, I'm like, I'm like the passion. dildo probe. Like, so, yeah, literally, Danielle is making a dildo out of her hand right now. But um, so I asked I'm my sister this it. because Danielle and I have to have our first, our first consultation appointment is a transvaginal ultrasound where they're going to get all of our baseline shit done. Like mm-hmm. however many weeks or months in advance, we are going to have to have a transvaginal ultrasound, which basically is literally, yeah, like a dildo going inside of you and um, taking a look at your ovaries. So yes. I first asked my sister, I was like, well, can they like put an IUD in when they're doing this first transvaginal ultrasound? And she said, no, we're working with two, again, like you're going to have to go all the way into the cervix to put in the IUD. Mm-hmm. But she said, as we'll be needing to get regular transvaginal ultrasounds, that they can check that it's in place, which is good. Okay. So it's That's not good. going, the IUD should be like further up, obviously into the cervix. So you, it shouldn't mess with it, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like she said, it's a, it's a good like reassurance to be getting, you know, it's not like, obviously this isn't why you're doing it, but it's nice to be getting some transvaginal ultrasounds. They can make sure that your IUD is in place. Yes. That is a excellent point. Okay. So that's, is that that's that that's information that. from my twin sister who's midwife? This is not a this is not medical advice. Blah blah, blah disclaimer. Uh, <laughs> doctor. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah 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 blah. Whatever. <laughs> but you, Danielle, you actually scared me into not getting an IUD. It wasn't Wait, because the I copper re- was the copper was so bad. You said oh it was my extremely God. painful. It was ex- well. It felt like a rock in my body. Like I had it in for, I think like three or four months and I had the heaviest, most painful periods of my life. And literally the second they removed it and I stood up, I was like, it was so weird. And like, I don't know if I would be like just that in tune with my body. I felt lighter. It felt like a rock in my vagina. I know. My other sister uterus, had the same experience with an IUD. But then I have some friends that love them and swear by them. See, and that also scares me too, because with the hormonal, I've had so many different problems with birth control and having like all this like breakthrough bleeding that I'm like, oh, good. Everyone's like, oh, no, Marina, Skyla, so great. Like your period totally stops. And then I'm like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen to me. I know. I Yeah, because I know that some like spotting is common. It, it really just depends. Yeah. I'm with you. My I'm on like a low dose estrogen, low mm-hmm. dose estrogen, progesterone combination pill. So like a COPC. I fucking love this pill, you guys. Like yeah. I not only does it prevent me from getting pregnant, it clears up my skin. My periods are so much more manageable. My mm-hmm. PMS is so much more manageable. Like I'm literally the poster child for this for fucking low estrogen. So I'm with you. Like, again, I'm like, I guess at the end of the day, it's like, this is, it's like the cost, 
like benefit. We want to freeze our eggs. That is the most important thing. We want to mm-hmm. get our eggs. So and we want to have the best chance of getting right. them. So but what are you also, willing to like sacrifice yeah. along the way? And I guess like for me, yeah, um, stopping my oral contraceptive and trying an IUD, like not the end of the world. Like there's worse things that, that we could do. Should we, tr- should we schedule our IUD appointments on the same day? Oh, uh, I think we better. <laughs> or you're still not convinced you're, you're still on the fence. I, I think you face. actually, I literally had it as a point in here. Jack's I, you do, or I, you don't like, <laughs> and now I feel like you've convinced me. It's just, for me, it's just, again, like it's, yes, of course, it's about preventing pregnancy and like, and, and to, yes, have sex, but control. Yeah. It's just about the control. It's like, I don't want to feel like I am having to put my life on hold to do something that may not even work. Right. Does that make sense? Like it completely makes sense. But there's also like the fear, especially with the current climate right now of like if we get pregnant and we're not ready for that emotionally relationship wise that shouldn't be something that we have to take on I know. you know and like that thought scares me yeah. right now because it's like I I don't know I've I've literally been having like so many conversations with my therapist lately because I'm like there's so much changing in my world like I'm I'm feeling these like motherly feelings for for like a fully grown child that's not mine and like experiencing these feelings of like love and like what it will potentially mean being and I feel so I feel so even gun shy to say this and I think that's just like past trauma and like being scared of Mm -hmm. thinking something is more than what it is or you know and and being let down and like not letting myself fully believe that I'm in. I mean, like I'm in a fully beautiful, committed relationship. Yeah. And if you don't believe it, listen to the last two episodes. Because I know. Hot damn. I know. But hot there's damn, still your that love fear. With each other is so I nauseating. Know, I know. Just kidding, guys. It's so freaking cute. I know. And Michael's like, I can't wait for like, this is just the beginning. There's me so many more holidays, all this, all that. And it's like, he does nothing but like assure me. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, there's that past relationship trauma right where like you think you have everything now granted nothing has ever come close to making me feel like this like how I do with Michael but there is still that fear so like in saying I'm going to be in James's life as a mother figure or a stepmom or bonus mom like I don't I don't know the terminology like mm-hmm. all that in a tangential way to say I didn't know you could feel like a mom to someone who wasn't biologically yours. So I'm trying to, and and I'm probably talking myself into early menopause, if I'm being honest. Like, I'm like so scared that it's going to happen to me. Mm. But like being okay and like realizing that like, you don't necessarily have to have your own biological child to right. experience these emotions and what it means to be a mom to someone. Right. Right. So, oh, um, I don't know. This is going to be a really emotional ride doing yeah, this. Get fucking ready, guys, because we haven't even started taking the hormones yet. <laughs> 
But I think it that's really beautiful. And I think that that's extremely vulnerable and, and natural for you to be feeling like that. And I love that because it, it is showing a real side that family and love and parenting and motherhood isn't always biological. Mm-hmm. And it comes back to what we were saying about, you know, freezing eggs and kind of making that this this huge decision to invest in the future of a biological child. It's, you know, and that's not the only answer. That's not the Mm -hmm. only way. So I hope that throughout this series, we can continue to have conversations around what family means and what parenting and and motherhood means, because it's, you're in such a unique situation. And I always tell you, but you're, you handle it so beautifully and with so much grace. Like I, I'm just so impressed with how you've, you've, you've handled this, this transition and situation. So I love you so much. I love you so much. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Well, (laughs) congrats for making it through the first episode of this series. Yes. We're going to come in and out of it. It's not just going to be straight egg freezing this whole go, you know, but just know that it's going to be a reoccurring theme. Yes. This year for the WOMED. Yeah. And we are so happy if you continue to follow us along on this crazy roller coaster we're about to go on (laughs) from this decision we've made the decision to our months of preparation our hormone injections through the egg retrieval like i said we're also going to have experts in the field including lauren mackler the ceo of co-fertility who is tackling what's broken in the traditional system that we discussed dr mira shaw who is the co-fertility medical advisor and dr mira Ulcha, who is from Sama Fertility, to talk about the science lifestyle recommendations. We will also be doing an IG Live, answering all of your questions. And so with that, we have a lot coming your way. So please, please DM us at the WOMED on Instagram or email us at thewomedpodcast at gmail.com to submit any questions or topics that you're hoping that we can cover along the way. Exactly. We are here. We want to know your questions because your questions are probably our questions. And we're just going to be brutally honest through this whole thing. So if you're feeling it, like, share, leave a review because we like reading them and it's really sweet. But if you have a friend that's going through this or if you and your friend are in a situation where you're able to do this along with us, that's cool, too. So I don't know. Jack and I are just excited. We're going to... Season six is off to a great start, Jack. I'm so We're off to a real hot start. Okay, we're going to end this episode with some spirit fingers to the ovaries. Spirit fingers. Is this going to be a thing? I'm feeling it. Okay. I wish that everyone could see us doing this. I'll have to make a clip again for Instagram. Spirit fingers to the ovaries. Okay. All right, guys. We will catch you next Friday. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. On that note, WOMED out. Out.